In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Taxes are on our minds this time of year for sure. As you begin to work on your current income taxes, we're looking a little farther into your financial future, creating the right tax strategy in retirement and why it matters. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you along, whether you're watching on our video channels, the YouTube channel on Facebook, or you're watching after the fact on the GetReadyForTheFuture.com, or if you're listening to our podcast or radio, we're just everywhere, it sounds like. I'm Scott Inman, <laughs> along with John Shrewsbury and Teresa Arago. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, so we're ready to talk about taxes. I hope that didn't turn anybody off right off the get-go, yep, right? I'm out. <laughs> yes. I'm <gone. laughs> don't, don't check out. This is actually very important, and mm-hmm. we will... Keep it high level enough, I think, to have some takeaways in today's show. But, you know, so often, and I would even say on this show, so Mm -hmm. oftentimes we are so focused on the investments and the retirement income from a gross perspective and saving and getting the asset level where it needs to be. Taxes can really change all of that. It is so important to talk about. And today we're talking about that relative to your retirement income, whether it's Social Security, whether it's the uh, tax status that each of your investment accounts has and how that matters. We're going to give you some tips today. I think it's going to be worthwhile to listen along, even though it is about taxes. Absolutely. And and I think it's important to point out at the start of the show that there's a big difference in talking about taxes and actually doing something about it <laughs> and, and planning and that type mm-hmm. of thing. A lot of people talk about taxes. A lot of financial advisors love to talk about taxes because they know it's on people's mind and it's almost like this bait to get them to come in and yeah, talk it's about a trigger. Yeah, it. Yeah get them to talk about their money uh, and then nothing gets done about taxes mm-hmm. or very little gets done about taxes or the wrong decisions get made about taxes that, yeah that's <laughs> yes. exactly right yeah. and so uh, having wise knowledgeable counsel is something that we have prided ourselves on uh, here at gen wealth for a number of years as part of our mission statement and so mm-hmm. that really does play into the tax equation as well yes a lot of us are aware of taxes while we're working we know like my check my, i remember my first check i was like oh man i'm gonna have this huge check and then i was like wait a second like a fourth of it's missing what happened to it and i saw that well in retirement it changes but it's still impactful your your spendable dollars are what matter in retirement are you going to be able to make your bills work are you going to be able to have the fun that you planned for or are you going to basically be sitting at home so that can have a big impact i can always remember when my son first came to work at gen wealth uh he got his first paycheck and i hear down the hall him go who the heck is FICA and what do they do with my money? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It is It is a little bit of eye-opening when you're first getting that uh, paycheck in your teens, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And it can be if you don't plan ahead in retirement, I would say, as well. So, you know, you're not the only thing that's going to change, you're still going to have reportable income in yeah. retirement, right? It's just not going to be a W-2, likely, right? Mm-hmm. So it, right. it's going to come in a different form, and it's still going to be taxed. So we're going to kick off today's show with a little true or false. Okay, so we'll give you a chance to get uh, get your thinking caps on. The first statement, tax deferred and tax exempt, tax exempt are the same type of retirement accounts. Is that true or false? 
That would be false. It is yes. false. Okay. And I think I think there's a lot of things that people think are accounts. <laughs> I mean, I hear this a lot. Yeah. Can I get one of them? I want to invest in one of them Roth IRA accounts. Yes. Well, okay, pause. You know, it's it's a vehicle, but tax deferred and tax exempt are totally different. A tax deferral just has to do with how your account is treated for taxes during those years that you're growing your money. A, an employer plan is tax deferred. Roth IRAs are tax deferred. Traditional IRAs are tax deferred. It means you're not getting taxed every single year as those assets grow. When you have gains, you sell something and reinvest. You're not getting taxed then. But there's a huge difference between that and something being tax exempt. So for instance, your traditional IRA and your Roth IRA are both tax deferred during their growth periods. But when you go to pull out money, there's a very different tax treatment on the withdrawal. That traditional IRA was pre-tax money, so it gets taxed on the way out. But that Roth, that beautiful beast that I love, it is tax-free. It is tax-exempt when you pull the money out. So it, it, it having some variety in the types of accounts you have is really beneficial in retirement. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And where you think about this the most is in retirement, you're getting probably on average somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 25 percent less money mm-hmm. than if you had a from your qualified accounts than if you had a Roth IRA. And that's mm-hmm. why we talk to young people all the time about a Roth IRA because they've got plenty of time to let that tax free income build up inside that Roth IRA and then they don't pay taxes on it when they begin to withdraw it. Mm-hmm. Now, we have unfortunately we have a lot of people come in and go uh, that are at retirement and go, "Do I need a Roth IRA?" And uh, chances are probably not because you don't have time for that tax free income to build up to be advantageous to you and if you're talking about converting, then you got to pay taxes on what you're converting right. and you got to have money outside the IRA to pay the taxes. And yes. so it becomes problematical for people the older they get to take advantage of those tax exempt accounts. Another yeah. challenge is that there are income limits. So you have to make below a certain level of income, which it's relatively high if you're filing jointly, but still there's that lim- limit on your income. So if you make too much, a great vehicle is your employer plan because many of those offer a Roth option inside the plan mm-hmm. where your part of the money can be considered Roth and then just the match would be the pre-tax portion. So be aware that there's a lot of options out there. We're going to show you a little bit later on in today's show a graphic that will kind of illustrate how you might want to think about potentially converting pre-tax IRA dollars into a Roth IRA, things to consider there, because it is doable. And I think it's very important to consider, Mm -hmm. but it may not always make sense. Okay. So the last true or false question to get us going today that we're going to talk about, I'm going to change it just a little bit. Your social security benefit may be subject to taxation. Is that true or false? True. True. But, Much comma the, but, as Janet likes to say, <laughs> yes. but not all of it. Right, right. Much to the chagrin of everybody that is going to draw Social Security. What do you mean it's taxable? Yeah. Uh, that's the general mm-hmm. response yes. that I get when I start explaining to people. And we deal here uh, mostly in, in gross dollars in retirement mm-hmm. and then calculate what the net would be or we work backwards or whatever the case may be with a client. But when you tell someone that their social security is taxable, the most common response is probably not for the radio. Uh, <laughs> not public and, consumption. Yeah, worthy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and then what do you mean it's taxable? Mm-hmm. I, I, I already paid taxes on that money. Well, actually you didn't because when you made your paycheck, they took the social security out before they applied the tax. Even though social security 
his attacks. Yes. But I got you. I'm with you. Look, it's going to. Hey, don't try to understand yes. tax law. That's the <laughs> exactly. first. That's probably the first rule for today. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple that may have been new to you uh, as far as what we just talked about in the true false statements. Listen, all sorts of variables matter in retirement. Your mm-hmm. filing status, the sources of your retirement income, as we've just illustrated, they're talking about Social Security and the total amount of income you receive each year. And everybody's uh, situation is different. So we do want to offer the disclaimer right off the top here too. Everyone's tax situation is different. So you should always consult a qualified professional tax advisor to discuss your specific tax situation. We are financial advisors and do not provide tax advice, but we do help people understand how the tax code and other rules could impact their financial planning and investments. And we do develop a plan to take into account many of those things that people encounter and need to consider, especially around taxes and retirement. Scott, as you were talking about, we we don't provide the actual tax advice, but we do provide tax planning, Mm forward-looking tax planning. But we do that all the time in concert with someone's tax advisor because you've got to work together with that tax advisor because the tax advisor has this unique position of being able to see all of your income, every situation that could potentially affect your your retirement income planning and your tax situation, the, the CPA or the tax advisor has that view. But oftentimes they don't have the view of ways that you might be able to mm-hmm. think about that could dramatically impact from a good situation your tax situation yes often your cpa is stuck in kind of a reactive position you give them the information they tell you the impact what we can do is on the front end say if we do this here's what it could possibly create for you income wise knowing what that's going to do to their taxes i have a client that i'm working with right now they've had a small business for a number of years sole employee in that small business and they never started an SEP program. Mm-hmm. Now, they've had an accountant all these years. The accountant never said to them, hey, about how about starting an SEP program? So what do we do? We say, talk to your accountant about mm-hmm. starting an SEP program. The accountant goes, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the, yeah. the, the long and short of it. But that's, yeah. that's how that situation rolls. And we just come at it from two different perspectives. As right. Teresa talked about, the accountant is very reactive. They, they look at what you did last year and they say, okay, here's your tax impact. Oftentimes what we do is we look at it and go, okay, how can we get that tax mm-hmm. impact less? Because that means you have more money to save and more money to to take advantage of in retirement. Let me build on that too, rather than just saying reactive. I think too, they're also laser beam focused on saving you money in this current tax year. Yes. yes. Right? Not necessarily what could save you money down the line. Well, and that, that shows up even in people, when you look at their social security benefit when we get that matrix, right, and they were a business owner, often their social security benefit is going to be super duper low because they were so focused on not paying a single dollar in taxes. Right. right. And so it, you're right. They can get tunnel vision on that one topic and not be looking at the broader picture sometimes. So let's hang out on that for just a second. Let's talk about how that can happen, because as mm-hmm. a small business owner, we've we've actually seen this. You could pay yourself a very, very low salary and keep your FICA, uh, your, your uh, social security and Medicare and all of that. You could keep that very, very low. And that will keep you with more money and take money as distributions from your uh, from your um, uh, small business profits from your small business and you don't pay social security tax on that. Mm-hmm. That's great when you're doing it right now. 
but it really does bite you. As Teresa's pointed out, it negatively affects your Social Security benefit. And that negative effect on Social Security benefit is going to take away from the foundation of your retirement mm-hmm. income that provides that needed income when you retire. And this is, a, I've got another story, quick story, and it doesn't necessarily reflect retirement, but just how a financial advisor might look at something as opposed to a CPA who's just laser beam focused on saving in taxes. I have a client who was told that they have an LLC and they said they need, they need, they had a big tax bill coming, right? So mm-hmm. he suggested buy a vehicle. And that will help lure, lower money. your taxes. Well, or get a loan, right? Oh. Get a get an auto loan to buy that vehicle. You've bought a vehicle that's going to help lower your taxes, right? Mm. Well, my first thought was, well, what was the interest rate on that loan that you mm-hmm. got for that vehicle? Yeah. And if you have that loan uh, payment for five years, how much are you going to pay in interest? And start doing that math. You might actually pay more in interest on the auto loan that you bought a vehicle for that you didn't even need than you saved in taxes, right? Yeah. Uh, I I have railed for years about people that talk about saying, you know, oh, well, you don't want to pay off your mortgage because that's the only tax deduction that you've got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I tell people, look, here's, here's, here's what's going on here. Let me explain the game, and then I'll be willing to play this game with you if you'd like. Essentially, what you're doing is you're giving the bank a dollar in order for the IRS to tax you less by 25 cents. So you give up a dollar to get 25 cents back. Mm -hmm. I'll play that game all day. Let's get the bank and and the mortgage company and and the IRS out of the equation. Teresa, you give me a dollar, (laughs) and I'll give you 25 cents back. not willing to take that deal. But I think that just right there points to why what we do matters and and why you need a financial advisor, because you've got a lot of people in your life who they have one job, and they're looking through their blinders at that one piece of your picture. Our job is to get above all the clouds and look at the entire puzzle and put each piece together. How does Medicare fit here? How does Social Security fit here? How does your income and helping you out with taxes in the current year fit here? And what is that going to look like 20 years down the road or two years down the road for you or one year down the road? But you've got to have somebody who's looking at that bigger picture or you're going to miss some opportunities possibly. Scott, I think the education part of what we do is is really key to this whole topic that we're talking about, because what do you do when you start to deal with taxes? Well, you bundle everything up and you take it and give it to the CPA and they go and they do whatever they're doing behind the curtain or in the black <laughs> box or whatever. And they prepare the return for you and they say, OK, come by and get it. You owe this much or you're going to get this much of a refund. And that's really about the extent that you really engage in that in, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Yeah. Uh, and prior, you know, lo- largely because if you sit down and talk to the CPA, you're running up a bill. But here's the deal. You've got to, to engage in, in mm-hmm. this and you've got to be able to have a relationship with someone that is, number one, helping you to understand, but secondly, is helping you to uh, actually take advantage of some of the things that are out there with a goal of having a better outcome for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really the the key part of this is that establishing those relationships and spending some time in those relationships can be very valuable to you. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to spend the time, you probably won't get the benefit. And also, if you don't have that type of person on the other side of the relationship, you're likely not to get the education as well. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's kind of talk about some of the things that change from your work life into your post-work life. And some of this comes in phases, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't all happen at once because I yeah. think I'm losing my child tax credits right now and I'm not anywhere near <laughs> retirement, but you are going to lose those child tax credits, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're likely going to start, it's going to become more difficult, especially if you're 
income goes up in your later work life years to be able to get a tax refund, right? It's going to mm-hmm. probably be likely you're going to start paying or at least be pretty close to it because your mortgage interest deduction goes away, John, as you get closer to or pay off that mortgage. Uh, tax-free employer-paid medical insurance is going to go away, right? That, for most mm-hmm. people, some people do in have... In retirement, certainly. In retirement, right. Mm-hmm. In retirement. Some people do have employer uh, insurance that will actually continue on in retirement. Your contributions to your 401k, you know, that's a big one as well. It works both ways. It helps on the need you have in retirement, mm-hmm. right? Because you're... What you earn in your work life, you won't. If you're contributing a sizable amount to your 401k, well, that can ratchet down what you're actually living on mm-hmm. in your pre-retirement years. So you really don't need as much in your retirement income uh, because of that. But it can also lower uh, or raise your taxes because your taxable income now could be higher. And then what you're beginning to walk into in retirement that's new, Social Security, which we're going to talk about how it's taxed. RMDs, if you are of age to be required to take those, paying for Medicare, there's a lot of components to that uh, and and what affects your premiums there, and then long-term care. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the tax rate in retirement first, because when you talk about all these pre-tax contributions that go into your employer plan or IRAs, when they come out, Teresa, they're going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. Yes, and those can vary pretty drastically. Only a portion of your social security is going to be taxed. But if you're taking income from a pension, annuities, or your investments, those are taxable income to you. And if you have a substantial income, that tax rate can be quite quite high up there. I mean, if you think about, we have people that'll say, I want to pay off my house. I want to take a right. distribution from my 401k to pay off my house. Well, here's the challenge. Let's say you had a $500,000 401k and you decide you're just going to distribute that because you want to pay off a bunch of stuff. Well, up to 35% of that being taxed would mean that you really only get 325 and spendable dollars, 325,000. And if your tax rate gets up to like 37 because you've got state and federal there, 315,000. So a large chunk of that gets eaten up by taxes if you take large sums from your pre-tax money. And a little bonus from that is that it affects your Medicare premiums. Your Medicare premiums are based on your income. So if you take large chunks from pre-tax assets in retirement, you're ratcheting up that number and it's going to affect your Medicare premiums. Yeah. And those Medicare premiums can can be pretty sticky as far mm-hmm. as the, the increase in the cost of Medicare. But Scott, I think that a lot of people get in the mindset as they get close to retirement, I need to pay off my house. Mm-hmm. And it might not be this large number that Teresa talked mm-hmm. about. Maybe it's $50,000. But that $50,000 sits on top of all of your other income mm-hmm. and does affect uh, your your income bracket, uh, potentially. It potentially affects your Medicare premium. It affects a lot of things, but it also, and this is not tax-related, but it also does uh, damage to your long-term earnings. Mm-hmm. If you take $100,000 out of your account and pay off something, and maybe it was $75,000 or so you paid the tax on it, you've lost the earning power of that Mm $100,000 or you've lost roughly about $5,000 a year in income that 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 $100,000 could be responsible for generating. It does highlight too, not only just the tax component to this conversation, but having a written retirement income plan so that Mm -hmm. you know that you're going to receive the income you need and want from a certain specified asset level, right? So that you don't drop that asset level right off the bat and yeah. not be able to produce the retirement income you want. But to that tax question, you know, the really big jump, and people may not realize this, in the married filing jointly or single, wherever it is, there are income 
uh, ranges that if you go over, that's when you jump into the progressive bracket. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go from 22 to 24, that might not hurt as bad, right? You can right. fill mm-hmm. up that and probably tolerate it. But then the next jump from 24 to 35 is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really the, the area that you want to for sure avoid. But when it comes to taking a little bit of that out and paying off the mortgage, maybe that doesn't make sense if you jump a tax bracket. And it never does make sense really probably to to jump a tax bracket in general. But if you can fill up that bracket, and here's where we get back to that conversation about trying to convert some of those pre-tax IRA or 401k dollars into a Roth. So that's, we talked about the Roth IRA, which of course is the tax exempt status, right? You put after tax in, in, in its most base shell, you put after tax money that's already hit your bank account into an investment account, a Roth IRA. It grows for the course of your work life. And then when you withdraw it in retirement, it is tax free. It is the most underutilized yes. uh, vehicle for retirement, I think, out there. If you can get money into a Roth IRA, it's a great idea, but here's how we need to talk about being careful about doing it, because you can convert that money from a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, but the amount you convert is taxable as you convert it, right? Mm -hmm. So let's get into the chart and talk about that. Well, and something to note about that too is that part that's taxable. So say I've moved 50,000 from my traditional to my Roth, I have to be able to pay those taxes out of my own pocket. So you need to have some money sidelined for that because they can't do that for you in that process. Um, But I think it's important to understand how that filling the buckets, what we're talking about means. And, And we'll talk about the why in a second too, but say you're in that bracket where you've got, you know, 22% tax, but you've got a good chunk between where you're going to earn and where the top of that bracket runs, then you've got this space where if you did conversions, and we do have a graph here, I believe, you did some conversions to fill that, then you're not paying any more tax on those dollars than you were already paying anyway. In terms of rate, in you, terms you of are the paying rate, more exactly. dollars, exactly. But, but not in terms of rate. Exactly. But I, I do want to backpedal a little bit, though, and ask and, and talk about the why, why you might want to do this. You mentioned RMDs earlier, and we've talked about taxes, how those affect your Medicare premiums and things. At some point, it's age 72 right now, they just changed it a few years ago, so they could change it again. The government says, whether you need the income or not, you're taking distributions and you're going to be taxed on them. And they tell you how much you have to take. So preemptively utilizing this can really benefit you when you reach RMD age to have them structured differently because the Roths do not have that rule. Since they're not taxable, the government's already gotten its money. They don't care, I guess. But the other side of that, too, is when you pass it on to the next generation, New rules say they've got 10 years to distribute that or expose it to taxes. If it's already in a Roth, they've got 10 years, but it's not taxable. Right. Yeah. So that's the why before we go any further into this. <laughs> and Scott, if we could go back to that graphic for just yeah. a second, I want to talk about probably the best opportunity for younger people mm-hmm. to do Roth conversions. So think about this. Let's say that you go to work and you work at a job and let's say you work an average of five years at a job and now you're going to change jobs and you have been putting money into a pre-tax 401k plan. And let's say you've got $10,000. Now that doesn't sound mm-hmm. like a whole lot, but let's say that you're young and maybe you're in your early 20s, mid 20s, something like that. You could probably withstand the extra tax on that $10,000 or the extra dollars that that tax mm-hmm. uh, on that $10,000 would impose upon you without too much sweat. Yeah. So you could take that $10,000 and convert it in your early 20s 
into a Roth IRA, and then you apply some compound interest to that, and you could have several hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your investment results, you could have a lot of money when you retire that is 100% tax-free. Yeah. And, and I see that uh, the, real, the real crime is when people change jobs five years in and then go raid their 401k, pay the tax, pay the penalty, and go spend the money. Mm-hmm. It's cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax-free income in retirement if they do that simply by ignoring the Roth conversion and being able to take on you know uh, the, the great thrill of spending that money on something mm-hmm. that you might not have spent it on otherwise. Yes, and I think that it's really important to note too that many people in that group, which I'm not in my 20s, but I'm still in the group that would fit this mold where it makes a lot of sense they're getting refunds anyway. So you're not really going to have to shell out cash dollars sometimes to do this. If you're the type of person that usually gets a larger refund, all it's going to do is eat into your refund. You know, $10,000 in additional income isn't much to move the needle in my current state. So it wouldn't be that much of a tax burden anyway. I I think if I could wave a magic wand, I would just uh, like put this bug in everybody's ear that is young and changing jobs to come in and do a Roth conversion. Come Mm -hmm. in and do a Roth conversion because it will be the best long-term money that you've ever put together because of the, not necessarily the investment results, but uh, because of the tax-free income that it will generate in retirement. And then keep contributing to it, right? Yes. After you switch it over to the Roth. And for some people, you may have a larger balance it may be that you have 200000 in an employer plan and you switch jobs. That's okay. You just systematically start changing out over the course of several years. You don't have to do it all at once. It's not all or nothing. You know, right. you can move as little or as much in any given year. Oh, and it doesn't count as a contribution. So you can still add the 6000 or 7000 whichever you qualify for, on top of your conversion. One other thought about the Roth IRA before we move on. We mentioned that it's, a, I think it's the most underutilized account, mm-hmm. retirement account out there. I think a lot of the reason for that is because uh, people may start off when they're young and contribute to it, but as their incomes grow, they phase out of being eligible to do that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's another thing we should point out is you can't front end contribute to a Roth IRA if you exceed certain income limits. And mm-hmm. uh, we won't talk about those here, but you can obviously talk to us or find it out. You can actually Google that as well. But it's around 200000 for a married filing joint right now. It does go up. But if you can't front end contribute to a Roth IRA, there are other options that we yes. can talk about too. There is something called the backdoor Roth IRA, where you contribute to a traditional IRA and then do that conversion that we spent quite a bit of time talking about mm-hmm. and get it into a Roth. And many times, if you well, especially if you haven't invested that money, you put that money in cash because the gains of the IRA then, you've, you've contributed to a traditional IRA with after-tax money, the gains in the account at conversion is what is taxable. And if you don't have any gains, then you don't have tax due. Now, the one caveat there is you don't need to have any other IRA I was going to say, please, please, please don't do this yourself. If you're going to try to do a backdoor Roth strategy, please use an advisor because there's a lot of little gotchas that can happen with that if you don't know all the rules. And that's what you're talking about there. Like the tradition, if you have any other traditional IRA assets, it can come back to buy you. So be mindful of that. Okay, so our final topic here. Did you? Did no, you, you I, was just, I was just going to say that I'm, I'm so stuck on this Roth IRA thing for young people. <laughs> I just wanted to challenge anybody that's young listening to this show 
to go get a compound interest calculator or go online and, and just check this out. Look at what, you know, a lump sum of money growing tax deferred and then how much money that would be at retirement. And mm-hmm. then think, then just take a 5% withdrawal off of that and say, uh, that is all tax free money that you would have yeah. in retirement. Just look at the power of compound interest before you make a decision about it. And this. if you're not young, you've got somebody young in your life encourage them to look into this because I'm telling you right now, when I was getting licensed, I was constantly nagging about, I'm going to use the real word. I was nagging my niece about this. And when she turned 18, she opened a Roth IRA. She's been contributing to it and it is growing and it's such a blessing to watch. But if I hadn't been so vocal about how I wish I had had access to this or known about it, she wouldn't have done that. So if you've got kids or grandkids, educate them. The minute they have earned income, they can start a Roth, even if they're not 18. Okay, so our final topic here when it comes to taxation is about Social Security. You promised we'd talk about that. More than half of Social Security beneficiaries pay some tax on their benefits. Not all of the tax, uh, the Social Security benefit is taxed. Up to 85% of it is taxed, and that's on the federal level. And in the mm-hmm. state of Arkansas, the state does not tax it. So you will get a portion of that tax-free, but there's likely going to be part of it taxed. And, the, mm-hmm. and how much depends on how much you make. Yeah, it does. And and clearly, uh, what kind of income that you, yes. you take. One of the reasons that we are pounding the drum on this show today about a Roth IRA is a Roth IRA does not increase your income when it comes to mm-hmm. the calculation that is done for Social Security taxation. Yes. I know that's a mouthful, but understand that if you have money coming in from a traditional IRA, it is likely to make uh, susceptible to make your Social Security more subject to tax. A Roth IRA has no effect on the taxation of your Social Security. Another reason why you want to do that, but there is something called provisional income that is affected, uh, that affects Social Security income. And provisional income is essentially any kind of income that you got, including tax-free municipal bond interest. Mm -hmm. So all of that counts toward making Social Security taxable. The one thing that doesn't cause Social Security to become taxable is a Roth IRA in income. Mm-hmm. And so that's clearly one of the things that people miss about this whole Roth IRA issue. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about the the pattern we're seeing, you know, back in, you know, several years ago in 1984, only 10% of Social Security recipients had taxable Social Security. But that number is a lot higher now when you mentioned it was 56% that they're expecting it to grow even more now. So, Mm -hmm. and the reason for that has to do with the way people are taking their income. Now there's a larger onus on the individual to save money and have their IRAs, their retirement accounts, their 401ks to supplement their income in retirement, which means most of it's coming in taxable. The Roth hasn't been around for very long. So a lot of people who are retiring now didn't have access to that early on. So I hope this number kind of drops off because people listen and they start using those Roths, but yeah, it, 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 it affects your social security it affects your medicare all those go back into what's the bottom line what are your spendable dollars i think it's important too to talk about if you don't have a written financial plan a retirement income plan and a strategy in place then you go to file for social security you can have the social security administration withhold those taxes i've worked with many clients that have chosen to do chosen to do that but they you know they take out 25 or 30 percent right way more than they need to be taken and then the reverse is true too they may decide not to withhold it because the social security administration is just going to take an order right there right how much do you want withheld and they don't it's not taking into consideration your overall income and I think you just hit on something that is was an epiphany to me uh, in terms of, of people understanding. 
in the world of finance, be it our industry in the financial advising industry, if it's CPAs, if it's somebody dealing with you on Social Security or Medicare, whatever the case may be, there are order takers. Yes. And then there are planners. Mm hmm. You want to be with a planner. You don't want to be with an order taker because if they, if you say, well, I need taxes withheld and they withhold 20 or 30%, then you're stuck at 20 or 30%. Maybe you didn't need to have 20 or 30%, but you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Your financial advisor, your tax advisor working in concert together can help you to figure that out. And I think that's one of the big pivots that people oftentimes think, you know, I just need to get this done. And I'm going to go to a, uh, they don't label them an order taker, mm-hmm. but they go to an order taker and they yeah. get it done. Expediency in getting something done oftentimes costs you way more in terms of money yeah. than it would in time. Yeah, you think about Social Security claiming strategies and all the variables that can go into that. I've had people come into our office just a, uh, last year, a couple came into our office, the wife was receiving a very, very low Social Security benefit. And I asked her, I said, did you... Uh, ask about the spousal benefit. They'd never heard of it. Nobody had ever mentioned it to them. Hmm. They were able to increase her benefit by double just with that one little piece of advice. There are so many, again, it goes back to that puzzle. Are you looking with blinders or do you have someone who's putting the puzzle together? Because all of these things impact each other and your taxes are a piece of the puzzle. And if you don't have somebody who's considering that as part of the bigger puzzle, then you're more likely to miss something that would have been a great opportunity for you. Scott, isn't that whole idea of, as uh, Teresa used the term blinders, I I call it looking through the Mm knothole. If you're, if if you're, uh, you know, think about a board fence Mm -hmm. and there's a knothole there and you go up and put your eye on that board fence, then you see that little part of your neighbor's yard that is eligible to be seen in that knothole or available to be seen in that knothole. But if you got a ladder and got above the fence, you'd see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes that's the Achilles heel of someone that is trying to get to a spot of financial security, financial independence. They have real trouble being able to get the ladder and seeing above the fence. They oftentimes are looking through the knothole. Can't see the forest for the trees. Well, there, uh, yeah, you know, lots another, of analogies. Another like way you right can there. throw that out there. But the bottom line is you could really it could cost you thousands, tens of thousands of dollars if you make the wrong tax decisions. Mm-hmm. in retirement and that is the value of a good financial plan a financial advisor who does planning like we do here at Genwealth. well you heard the bell uh, underneath me there so it's time for our final thoughts well, Teresa, we'll start with you when you're looking at retirement the name of the game changes you've probably been accumulating money for decades but that has to shift when you go from accumulating to creating an income so are you ready for that shift in strategy mindset and rules if not it's time to get somebody in your corner to help you out Scott, my final thought is that if your financial plan doesn't account for all the things that we've talked about in this show today, particularly taxes and tax planning and forward-looking tax planning, then your financial independence might be at risk. You definitely don't want to be in that situation. You want to be in a situation where you can get above the fence, look around and see everything that's going on that does require some time. But I will tell you, it'll be highly, highly worth it to you to be able to do that. And the only way you do that is engage with a competent financial advisor that's going to look at the whole situation for you. And that's what we do every day at GenWealth. We walk our clients through the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. You can find out more about that and how to contact a GenWealth financial advisor at the conclusion of this uh, this podcast and this segment of GenWealth Radio. But my final thought 
is a free opportunity that you can take advantage of. We talk about it all the time on our show. If you want to find out how likely you are to to score in retirement, how close you are, how are you on track on your retirement journey, you can do it one of two ways. Go to 15minuteretirement.com. That's one five and then the and then spell out minuteretirement.com or text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228 to see how likely you are to reach retirement successfully. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Hope you've uh, gained some knowledge and found some action steps to create a tax strategy for yourself in retirement. And we hope you will join us again next week for another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, leave us a rating and review. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.